Hello there. How are you doing, mister? I have to go to work, dude. Um, I'm tired, but good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Do you want to just jump into it and see how it goes? Um, see if we remember how to podcast. Uh, do you have a second topic available for us, or are we just going with the one? We're just going with the one. I didn't think I had to have another one. Oh, if you think we can make it work, I guess you must have a lot I to say. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just wing it. I'll wing it. I'll, I'll come up with a topic if we if we run out of stuff to, to talk about. 100% professional. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of Two Nerds, Maybe More. My name is Michael Skarzynski, and with me, as always, is Marty. Marty, how are you doing? I am doing awesome, Michael. What a milestone. 30 episodes. It's almost as old as I am, and I'm celebrating with a mojito. I did not know. Mm. Um, I have a coffee. I didn't know that we were (laughs) um, breaking out the drinks, but... Well, I mean, I'm not day drinking, Michael. I'm not day drinking. It's evening over here. I'm allowed. Um, day drinking is allowed too. Okay, it's the weekend. It's all right. Um, but <laughs> it's been about two weeks since we've last podcast, and I am surprised that I did not forget the intro. And you called me thoughtful amplifier earlier, and I didn't get it until now when I looked at Squadcast <laughs> and it said it. It's already shaping up to be a day. It's going to be an awesome show <laughs> we have for you today. Michael will all be all over the place. So I guess nothing's new. Um, Yeah, pretty much. Um, your <laughs> your attempt to have people badmouth me seems to have failed because I listened to the last two episodes with Tom and Dusty. And a special thank you to both of them for filling in while I was away. But I did listen to you telling Dusty that he needed to step up and say negative things about me. And we both know Dusty's incapable of doing that. (laughs) I actually have to say that, you know, sure, he's a nice guy. He's a really good guy. Everybody loves Dusty. Uh, But he did do a decent job considering it was Dusty. I mean, he did (laughs) try and make some burns. He occasionally threw some in there. He occasionally threw some in there. I think he did a good job. I think he did a really good job. He threw me some positive things in there too, almost like in his head. He's like, I need to like offset this. You need to balance it out. Yes. Balance it out, Mike. It's about that balance. All right. Well, I've been away for so, two weeks and I didn't. Yeah, how's, the, how's the air quality? How's the it air is quality not over good. There? Not good. Um, no. For those who don't know, I'm on the West Coast of the United States and it's currently on fire, essentially, the entire West Coast, <laughs> like California, Washington, Oregon, and then it's starting to spread into other areas as well. And my aunt's in Washington as well. Cy, our friend, is in um, Cy from Cyrub versus, or I always say Cyrub versus the world, <laughs> but it's a, uh, wait, Scrub. Scrubs versus the world. Scrubs. There we go. <laughs> it's Cy versus the world. He's in Oregon and he actually had to evacuate. Luckily, I haven't had to evacuate, but hmm. the air quality has been so- bad. They sent us home yesterday, so from work. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you, you're in a safe distance or two things right now, or uh, how does it work? So it's mainly the fires are north; they're farther north, so there's no like okay. immediate flames near us. So that's not a worry. It's just more air quality issues that we're having. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that as bad as can be as bad as well. I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of want to be able to breathe. Yes. So, you know. uh, the worst part is that you don't smell the smoke. But the air quality is mm. still bad. There's like a haze over everything and there's pollutants in the air. So it's a, uh, it's just a, it's 2020. Michael. Yeah, it's it 2020. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm waiting for Godzilla to show up and something else to happen. No, no, no. It, it will be the UFOs, the UFOs. I've, I've heard, I've heard through back channels that huge news will arrive on monday <laughs> it's the it's the ufos it's the aliens it's time michael well you know in happen. sim city both could happen so why can't both happen this year <laughs> yeah. have you ever heard Fair have enough. you ever heard that theory that we are a simulation to like higher yeah. beings or like higher versions of ourselves what if this yeah. is like we are a simulation and right now they just turned the the disaster factor up and just everything is hitting like man my city got hit with a whole bunch of stuff 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's something you could probably talk about for a very long time because you, the theories can go so many different directions. I also have a theory that it is a, a simulation that, that, and that the aliens slash UFOs, all the, you know, the encounters that people say that they're having and even the, the air forces come out and said stuff. I'm pretty sure it's just, you know, people from outside the simulation doing stuff <laughs> because they need to get in and get some data or something. And uh, that's, that's what we're seeing. That's what that said, Mike. We're in a simulation. It's fine. Everything's good. All right. Well, during this entire time, <laughs> we're not going to go super deep into it, but during this entire time, I've actually been watching a couple things. Not too much, but um, the first thing that I kind of uh, want to talk so about. So if it's a s- simulation, have you then actually watched it? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Okay. I've uh, I've been simulated to watch it. Therefore, I have watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched a movie. I don't know if you've seen this one. It's called Midsummer. I've heard a lot of stuff about it, and uh, it should be a pretty good horror movie. Um, It's a weird one. Um, okay. I talked about it on the podcast, uh, my horror podcast, All Hollow Scream podcast, uh, shameless plug. Anyway, I talked about it in depth there. I actually went on a whole lot longer than I thought. I spoke about it for almost like 30 minutes, I think. Or wow. I kind of went really deep into it in the sense of like let's build everything and talk about the entire story but it's a weird one mm. uh it's very cultish the horror elements are there but they're not uh it's not like your traditional horror like i don't think that you'll really be scared per se but it's more mm. of like a psychological trip and i mean that in multiple ways because the <laughs> characters are on drugs a whole bunch of the time in the movie uh so yeah, it's a it's a weird one. I definitely suggest if you like movies like uh, Hereditary. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's done by hmm. the same director and screenwriter, Ari Aster, and this one is right up there with them. So definitely go give it give it a shot. It's definitely a really weird one. Don't watch it with kids around. Um, there's like uh, it's there's some gruesome moments, and then there's moments where it could be gruesome but they take it away like it's off screen and then there's like this weird sex scene that happens so uh definitely like put the kids to bed if you have any or uh blindfold them and i don't know (laughs) just do something with them get them out the house have them go see grandma for a while if you want to watch this it's a pretty long one it's over two hours i think that they could have done a little bit and shortening that but it is what it is Mm. it's it's decent it's decent it's not gonna blow your mind but it makes you think about stuff okay interesting yeah interesting i i I have looked at it uh it is something that i've i've been convincing myself that i should probably go watch at some point um but i just haven't haven't done it yet haven't done it yet okay but maybe i will will. something i have watched is a, a series called Raised by Wolves. And by watching the series, I mean I've watched the first season. No, first episode. Okay. First okay. episode. I've watched the first episode, not the season. The first episode. Uh, Raised by Wolves. Uh, it's uh, by Ridley Scott. You might know that guy. Yes, Alien. He made a few things. Alien, yeah. And it's... Uh, I mean, if you watched all the Alien movies that he's been part of, mm-hmm. you might know that, you know, Androids is... You know, can you trust them? Can't you trust them? Things like that. Um, and the series is, is not different. It is basically, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know too much because I've only seen one episode and it's very, it hasn't really had a lot of details that it had, has explained. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's these two androids that are sent to a world and they brought humans with them. Then they then, like, you know, not humans, but they brought, uh, what's it called like uh, human eggs and human uh, semen okay. and, and stuff and then they need to uh, uh, raise these kids and uh, stuff happens and it's only you know uh, one of them that survives uh, uh, that whole ordeal and apparently these androids have been sent out by atheists because later on arrives the people who still believes in in uh, uh, God mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously you know um, uh, those two groups are not super friendly towards <laughs> each other, and yeah, stuff happens. Anyway, 
if you like Ridley Scott and and his you know style of, of making movies, then you would you will love this series. And and if you like the topics that he usually brings up, you know, among other things, androids, then you would probably like this very much. Um, but obviously, I've only seen one episode, so it's, it's difficult to to say mm-hmm. will keep being good. But so far, I'm I'm really interested in this. It's very it's very very cinematic. Uh, so so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to see more of it and uh, report back to you if it's any good. Cool. Now, is this on Netflix or uh, where are you watching HBO. it? HBO. HBO. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> I don't have HBO and I forgot what show it is that I have to watch that's on HBO, but I keep being told to watch it. And Oh, Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft County? Um, I've seen stuff about that, but that's okay. not the one I'm talking about. Okay, that's not that. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought that would be something so it, it seems like something that i'd be interested in but at the same time uh, i'm waiting for more of it to kind of come out and for people to kind of see if the lovecraftian aspects of it actually come to fruition mm. uh because for me like that's that's cool stuff that a lot of mediums never really succeed in outside of the books and the books are yeah. very dense and hard to get through sometimes so mm. No. Right. Well, something that's not very hard to get through and is on Netflix. It's a show that I watched before. I watched like the first season and I just restarted watching it actually like this morning. I watched the first episode over again and I'm going to go through the entire series again. But it's Ash versus the Evil Dead. Now, I don't know if you ever watched this one. No, 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 no. I haven't. I haven't. So, I'm sure. I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it's so like it's so off the wall. Uh, are you a fan of Army of Darkness, the third yeah. Evil Dead? This is like Army of Darkness turned up to eleven. It's like an older Ash, and he's still kind of immature in his ways, and he's still battling the Evil Dead. He's like using his hand as a or lack of hand rather as a way to pick up chicks at the bar and he's battling <laughs> evil dead. Lucy lawless shows up at some point in the series. Uh, I really like it, which is really surprising because it took me a long time to really appreciate uh, army of darkness for what it was because I was mm. such a fan of the original movie that I was like, okay, this is meant to be, a horror series and the first one yeah it had some comedic elements to it but i feel like it was still aiming more towards horror than uh the evil dead 2 kind of was a remake of the first movie like they completely decided the first one doesn't exist so it's like a, mm. a remake and then it just went balls to the wall weird with uh ash versus evil dead he had a whole bunch of one-liners and this <laughs> is chock full of all of that it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. I definitely suggest anybody who likes uh, like comedic horror type stuff, and if you're a fan of the Evil Dead, the originals, then definitely check out Ash vs. Evil Dead. The first season, at least, is on Netflix. Mm. There's more than one season, I know for sure. I don't know how many off the top of my head. But the first season, at least, is on Netflix. So go ahead and check it out. It's a good time. It does have some suggestive material in there. So definitely, once again... I'm not kid friendly, I guess. Blindfold the kids. Blindfold the kids. Yes, I'm sorry. Dusty, I apologize if you listen, but I'm suggesting things that you can't watch with the kids. Yep. That's how it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I, I haven't um, watched too much else. I've, I've, I've had some quite busy uh, weeks with a lot of work. Um, so what do you do when, when you, you can sit down in front of your computer and, uh, or your television, uh, and you're on the go, well, then you play Pokemon. Oh. Well, I do at least. Uh, and also because Tom sort of started <laughs> playing it and, you know, then, yeah, so I jumped in and, you know, one of the things that, that one of the reasons why I, I quit playing Pokemon Go was there was nothing really new to do. Mm-hmm. And now I, I now that I've been away from from it for a while, I had like all of a sudden, you know, you have the, these quests that have like eight stages to it or whatever. And I all, all of a sudden had like five of, of those different uh, quests. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, there's loads of stuff to do and there's new stuff in there. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm actually just having a good time with good old, good old Pokemon Go. Didn't think I would say that in 2020, <laughs> but it's, it is just that kind of year, Michael. That's just how it is. Um, I'm not allowed to play Pokemon Go anymore. 
Uh, we did a, we did an episode on a podcast a few like a year or so back where I spoke about Pokemon Go and the things that I was doing within the game. I may have gotten into a little bit of trouble. So Pokemon Go is uh, it's not my jam right now. Not not getting on it. I'm too poor for that. <laughs> um, but something I did yeah. I did pick up is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, which is a is it remade? Is is it still 2020? It is. It is. Yes. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> um, this is like a remake, like an HD remake, and it's done so well. Uh, yeah, I heard it's. It, I heard it's supposed to be good. It feels exactly like it did way back in the day. It's just it looks a lot prettier. They've added in a few things as well. There's at least from what I've seen so far, there's no microtransactions. Everything that you see, like in the shop, Wait, is... is it is it 2020 still? <laughs> yeah, it is. I know, but everything that you can buy for your skater is earned through like in-game currency, and it's not even like a oh, if you pay this, if you pay five bucks, and you'll earn more in-game currency quicker. Like no, you earn it by completing objectives and doing certain things within the game, and it's just really well done overall. It has. All of the original skaters, I believe, that were in Tony Hawk 1 and 2. And it also adds some newer skaters. And these are modern day skaters. Um, oh. Like, they have, like, uh, Nyjah, uh, from He's a skateboarder, X Games and all that. They have Leticia Bufani, who is, like, my personal favorite. Uh, she's a, a awesome skater. And they have her and a few others that are thrown in there, too. So you got some old blood and some new blood. And they just all are in there together. It's classic Tony Hawk stuff. And I've forgotten how to do most of the things. Like some of my <laughs> hands remember the just like the buttons, like where to go to do a grab, where to go to do a grind. But the nuance that I used to know, like the back of my hand to perform these hundred thousand point tricks have suddenly been lost and I'm trying to readjust and I'm trying to figure out how I ever got my finger to the triangle button while holding the X button on the PlayStation controller at the same time. So it's been a great time. I've really enjoyed playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. And Oh, I, I thought you were about to say it's been a grind. Ah, no, I always miss these easy, easy segues. Um <laughs> But no, it's been a very good time. And if you were ever a fan of the old ones and you're just kind of looking for a reason to go back, go back. Um, if there's one thing I have to say about Activision is that for the most part, their remakes, they've been doing really well with them. And that's talking about like the Crash Bandicoot, the Spyro. Yeah, uh, this Spyro's one. so good. Yeah, they've been yeah. doing some awesome stuff there. So you might hate Activision, <laughs> but you can't deny that they're hitting it out of the park when it comes to these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I even saw a meme where they compared Spyro to one of the Mario games that got a remake or something. Mm -hmm. Where you know, forty dollar game Spyro, and then you saw the comparison between the old pixelated and the new updated amazing HD graphics, and then Mario whatever five or whatever I don't I don't remember which one it was sixty dollars, and then it was just two identical screenshots that <laughs> nothing had been updated in the graphics or anything. So like, uh, no, you see that street lamp? It has a shade on it now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I definitely think that. It, I feel the same way. You can feel about Activision how, how you want to about their remakes. They're really, really good. Is it a cash grab? Most likely. But you know what? It's it's great games. It's, yeah. it's great games. It's all right. I mean... It's a cash it's grab they... with some effort put in, which I think yeah, is okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's okay. Like, mm. And they're not selling mm. them for 60 bucks. Like, I think I picked this one no. up for 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. So, so yeah, I'm I'm fine with it as as long as they you know remake all the good games, and <laughs> there's definitely some games out there that we just want to forget actually actually ex exists. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I saw that you were playing something yesterday. I don't know if you've been yes. playing it more before then, but I just noticed it yesterday. Yeah, no. I, yesterday was the first day that I jumped into this game. It, it's a it, it's not a, a new game anymore. It's still fairly new, though. It's Far Cry Five. <laughs> Far Cry Five. It, it's I, I. I don't know. I, I just like the the Far Cry games. It, it's it's open world. It's shooter um, with, a, with a story, and it's just good fun. It's it's 
it can I think some of the previous ones started to feel a little bit grindy and just the same thing that you were doing towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten that feeling yet. I, I actually kind of like how it, it's done so far. Basically, um, you have three, well, that's like, like four main characters. Uh, that's like end boss and then th- three other characters that you need to to get through. And, and each of those three characters has an area, like quite big large area uh, assigned to them so basically you have checkpoints where story stuff will happen uh, and how you get to those checkpoints is that you need to earn some some uh, or oh, what do they call it rp it's resistance points oh. because you're part of resistance so it's resistance points you and you get them by doing side missions um liberate the different areas that you can liberate uh, also just doing because there is story content as well doing the story content and stuff like that so basically just here here's the world do what you feel like and then you will unlock the story by doing what mm. you feel like doing okay and i quite like that it, it's it because i i can decide if i feel like oh i don't really feel like doing story missions right now i just want to drive around and shoot stuff then i can do that and uh and yeah so I like it. It feels really good right now. I, I just completed the first area and the boss in that area, so I can now move on. Just I, I guess I can move on. I haven't gotten it far yet, and it took me roughly ten hours. So by that calculation, I should probably, you know, have at least thirty more hours of no twenty, twenty more hours of of, of uh, game time ahead of me. Um, so yeah, quite enjoyed so far. Cool. It, it's it's pretty good. Now, I mean, it is it is one of the things Ubisoft is, is doing really really well. To be honest, they they have done it like at least four times before this. So. <laughs> now you mentioned like you got RP points for doing uh, like side missions and stuff. Are the story <laughs> missions blocked until you get a certain amount of RP, and then you kind of then it opens up like the quest giver is suddenly available. Yeah. Actually, I don't really know because everything has just felt so fluid. Oh, okay. Everything feels so good that I haven't really noticed it. That's all, I haven't been. I don't feel like I've been waiting to do story missions, but I haven't, you know, chased the story missions hundred percent because sometimes there's also just other fun stuff to do in the world. So I actually don't know. I, I, I will probably. I can probably tell you when I get towards the end of the story mm-hmm. because that's when you know I just want to get through it. Um, right now I'm just enjoying the world and enjoying all the crazy stuff that you can do. Cool. Um, I do have another question on it because yeah. Far Cry 5 is an open world game and it's a Ubisoft game. So my question mm-hmm. is, when you open up the map, are you yeah. able to see the map or is it covered in a whole bunch of icons of see this tower, it unlocks the next part and then there's 18,000 different things for you to skin, 18,000 no. different things for you to gather. No, no, it, it doesn't feel crowded. There is quite a few things you can do, and they do get on the map. But the th- what I think they did quite well is that when you zoom out, the closer you zoom in, there's, there's more of all those small details, like you know, special areas have special mm-hmm. a- animals that you can hunt and stuff like that. Uh, but then when, if you zoom a little bit out, uh, then those will just turn into small squares. So you don't really know what it is until you you, you zoom all the way into that okay. area. So when you zoom out, then you see the more a little bit more important part, and you scroll, scroll uh, zoom more out, and it's only story missions like that. So I actually feel like they, they did. You know, if, if if you don't if you don't care about all that small stuff, then just zoom out of the map and just see where you want to go. I think the biggest thing for me is when it comes to that stuff, I want it to be interesting to collect. Um, mm. I think there, there isn't actually there isn't actually like you know collect a uh, hundred and fifty feathers there actually mm-hmm. isn't stuff like that it, it feels like all the things that are there is something that is connected to the world okay uh and and i mean the only thing is probably you know again the, the hunting stuff i don't really care so much about go hunting for bears and stuff like that so i i haven't really looked into it and i haven't really done any of it but still it, it's something that's relevant to the world uh because the 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 uh, skins that you get from killing animals you i think you can use them to crafting you can also just sell it and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's related to the world it's just that it's not just you know hey good 150 feathers or stuff okay i think <laughs> so, the best example yeah. of something done right in that sense is a game that you and dusty actually talked about last week which is spider-man yes the collectibles in spider-man they all have something to go along with it whether you're collecting backpacks and he has like something to say when he picks up the backpack 
about like mm. what he was doing when he put it there or something along those lines or when you're doing some side missions and you hear the J. Jonah Jameson uh, yeah. stuff going off like that's pretty cool I actually was listening to the J. Jonah Jameson recordings the other day <laughs> like on YouTube just listening to them and just like yeah. hearing how J. Jonah just gets super upset every time somebody <laughs> disagrees with them yeah, I mean it's, it's not really collectibles per se. I mean, I think there is there, there actually is one quest in this area to collect some comic books mm-hmm. uh, for this character. But but besides that, it's more like um, the the faction that you're fighting. They have these kind of silos which they store. I, I don't remember. They store something in these silos, so that's they're, they're, they're like scattered around the map. So um, destroy them basically okay. uh, is what it is so it's more along those lines again so it's something that that makes sense to the world it makes sense to the to the overall story instead of just being uh, collect this random mm-hmm. thing that doesn't make sense at all all right well also last week you and dusty spoke about uh shadowlands and shadowlands yes. being the next expansion for world of warcraft and yes. as this tradition before the next expansion comes out people decide what they are doing um mm-hmm whether whether or not they're taking a break until the expansion launches what are they doing in game are they going really hard on alts like leveling them and getting ready for the next expansion and because we're in a weird situation right now where shadowlands is going to revamp the leveling system i've decided not to be leveling alts so much right now although i do Mm -hmm. have a hunter that i'm leveling just because i want a hunter and i'm just casually playing every now and then with that yeah but during this lull i'm constantly trying to figure out okay what do i play now because once shadowlands comes out i'm going to be all in it getting ready for raiding and catching up with the new stories and just being all involved so i've gone back to star wars the old republic which is something that i've talked about plenty of times on the show but i have to bring it up again because it just keeps reeling me in uh, I finished it's a good game. Yeah, I finished the Gunslinger story a while back, and I was getting ready to do Shadow of Revan content, which is the first expansion for uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic that came out years and years ago. I was getting ready to go through that content, but then I was like, you know what? Let me try a different story, and I've hmm. started on this journey that I'm going through of completing all of the class stories. For each side, and each one is going to be a different roleplay type deal. Um, I started the Sith Warrior, and I'm going for a tanky boy, and (laughs) that's been real fun. I just always forget how much content there is just with the class story itself. Because Mm -hmm. when you're leveling in SWOTOR, or playing through the initial levels and worlds, you have your character's class story that's your main thing that pushes you throughout the expansion and each planet has its own story most likely it's some government thing or like the planet's in danger and you're trying to save it from something and then you also have all these side missions and heroic missions i'm just doing my class story and heroic missions yesterday i was doing a bunch of heroics uh which Mm. are really fun and challenging because even with your you have your follower and if you have them a healer usually they'll keep you alive but some of the Mm. heroics actually like they are a bit challenging because the Mm. health and the strength of the enemies if you pull too much you can actually die even if your characters go ahead yeah one thing that i really really enjoy about those heroics is that you actually have to think a little bit and it reminds me about you know classic world of warcraft uh, or vanilla world of warcraft because i remember that some a lot of the times when i went in that there was like uh, a group of mobs because they're, they're usually groups mm-hmm. uh, with specific mobs in them so so you had to figure out all right if i cc if i crowd control that that mob over there and then i pull the rest uh, and then with my, my, my ally who can heal me, then I can usually get through it just about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like that. I like that, that it's not, not just like it is in World of Warcraft, you fly and land, kill everything, and then mm-hmm. you're off and do something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was like that when Sotor first launched as well, where your, your, what's it called? Your companion back when Sotor first mm-hmm. launched did not have 
every role available to them. They were specific. No. So if you were a, a Sith warrior and you had Vet as your companion, she was just DPS. You couldn't switch mm-hmm. her to healer or anything like that. So it's a different now where you can switch them at will to perform whatever role you want them to, which is especially good if you're a healer because you can just practice healing your companions if them as tank or something and have them go off mm-hmm. and do their thing and you just heal them. Uh, but this is really cool. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and I definitely say that everybody should play Swole Tour. Everybody should go play Swole Tour, even if you just play it for the single-player stuff. It's just a really good time. There are still people playing. Um, the game is free to play. Free to play. There are some limitations on that, but you can go through the story and still do everything that you need to do and have a great time for your character. And I think the free-to-play version now covers... Uh, the base game, I think it also covers all of the expansions up to the current one, so you won't be able to play it Onslaught, but you'll be able to do all of the Knights of uh, the Eternal Empire stuff. That's yeah. It's a buttload of content. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you know if there's any new stuff been added to Onslaught since, since release? Um, or how? I think there has been. I'm not quite sure. Uh, there's been little updates here and there, so I don't think it's anything substantial. Um, So, like, if you're looking for, like, in addition to the story or something like that, I I Mm. don't think so. Um, I still think that if you are looking to play SWOTOR past the point of I finished all the story and I'm not wanting to go through all the individual stories, then that's when you do have to start looking for, like, an active guild, which they exist in the game. There are still Mm. people that are doing operations, they're doing flashpoints, they're doing all the things that you can do in the game. There's a bunch of stuff. You just need to be willing to get out there and look for it. Because it's there, it's just, if you're a World of Warcraft player, the support is not there that World of Warcraft has like from the community as well, in the sense of, I was looking for class guides for SWOTOR, and it's not as prevalent as, if you Google... A Beastmaster Hunter, and you go to YouTube, you're going to see a bunch of videos on Beastmaster Hunter. But if you go Sith Inquisitor uh, for Swotor, your build, you're going to see just a few videos. Like they're there, but they may mm. not be as updated. They may not be as relevant now, and it just won't be as frequent. No. But I, I totally agree with you. It's a really good game. It's definitely something I would recommend as well. Um, just, just. Just for playing through the storylines themselves, and it's cool that every every uh, class has their own story. And on top of that, they are different. If you play, you know, on on the I was about to say the alliance side, <laughs> alliance <laughs> and horde, uh, uh, the republic and the the the, the uh, imperial uh, imperial. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so so. Even though that you already, you know, have played through with, with that class on one side, then you can just go to the other side and get a whole completely storyline as well. So it's really cool, definitely worth to check uh, to check out. And uh, as you said, it's free. You can do most things. You can do the storyline fine without uh, paying for it. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Yep. And if you have friends in different countries, it's super easy to play with them. It is. Um, you do. You will have to create a different character. If if you're on NA and you want to go play EU with your EU friends, you're not going to be able to play with your NA character. But it's easy no. enough to bring a character, like just create a character on a European server, which I have actually been playing on. Like that's the server I've been playing on is the one that uh, Marty and I actually started characters together a while back, and mm. I just continued on that server, and I've just been. Oh, that's the one you're playing on now. Yeah. <laughs> my, oh, okay. my 65 gunslinger is on that and okay. it's super easy to level up the experience gain is absolutely ridiculous in SWOTOR mm. like leveling is inconsequential to anything if you want to get to 75 you can easily get to 75 just by mm. doing the first few planets if you wanted and then you could use that to skip to the current expansion and just do that content and get with friends that are already doing that if that's your goal like it's ridiculous yeah. i even do think they have like paid options as well if you're really lazy and and you are loaded uh <laughs> you you can pay for a boost i think at least up to 
I don't know, before the expansion or something. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you, you can boost up there close to, to max level. Yeah, I think I have two boosts available. One is, mm. I don't remember when I got it, but I got it for the uh, Knights of the Eternal Throne stuff, I think. So I have a boost that will boost me to that point. And then I have another one that will boost me to the end of it and the beginning of Onslaught. So I think oh. if you sub, then it'll give you that or something like that. Okay. Probably. All right. Well, let's move from the virtual space. Okay, because I always try to think of something different, I guess. Like, something that we enjoy together, but is not always the same. And this is something that is both virtual nowadays, but it never used to be. And it's something that I have a big love for, and unfortunately I don't have the means to do enough these days. But I would like to talk a little bit about board games boring um, i disagree uh, <laughs> so i did mention that board games can be virtual uh mm-hmm. marty and i have both experienced playing board games through tabletop simulator oh yes and it's hit or miss sometimes right like sometimes it works really well and then sometimes you're yep. like i don't get how this is supposed to work um but I just thought that it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about board games, like maybe our history with them, some memorable moments, and do we play now and in what way, or do we wish we could play more and stuff like that. So I guess we'll start with uh, with you, and we'll see like mm-hmm. uh, what are some of the, like your earliest memories with board games. Um, it's definitely like co- uh, board games, card games, stuff like that. Yeah. It's definitely always something that's been part of my family, but it's not necessarily something where it's been like a, a, a every Saturday or biweekly or something. We play something, and, and but it's more like occasionally we do some, we did something. Um, card games, especially if we were out traveling, because you know it was easy to bring and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that that I have had in, you know part of me growing up um i actually and this is probably something that that you like uh when when i was growing up i did get hero quest yes uh uh board the board game which is sort of like you know a stepping stone into D um which is uh really good fun i actually replayed it like i don't know five years ago or something like that uh with some friends and and it's just if you like that you know, fantasy world and and D and D, you will love it. It's really really good fun. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I've been playing that as, as growing up as well. But I I don't again. I've been playing it with my parents and um, I'm. I think my mom thought it was a silly game. She didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. Like that. Um, but I think the main thing about Hero Quest, especially, was that you know it has had like the grid, so you can make your own. Uh, boards and world and mm-hmm. and and stuff like that and 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 because I I replayed Hero Quest a few years ago I know that my parents keep everything from when we grew up so I actually went home to my parents and were like hey let's go have a look for it and I actually found the box with the game so I actually have it today it's it's missing the exp- uh, half of the uh, half of it because. I think I had the expansion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so half, so I guess that is in that box. We didn't find that box. But what no. I did find <laughs> was actually those grids. So apparently, and I don't remember this. Apparently, I made some stories growing up, and 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 I found them all. And yeah, it, it's just it's it's awesome. <laughs> I remember Hero Quest. Um, I played Hero Quest with my dad, and it was definitely it was used. He specifically used it as a way to try to get us into. Dungeons and Dragons so that we could play it as like a family because mm. I have three well including me mm. I have two brothers that uh well not including me I have two brothers and um all three of us have the same dad I have one half brother but all three of us growing up my dad wanted us to play board games together and Hero Quest was one of those things that we played so that he could kind of test us to see if we'd be okay with Dungeons and Dragons and it mm. led into it eventually. And we weren't quite mature enough to handle Dungeons & Dragons after that. Um, I specifically remember a fight over a map that kind of like got my dad pissed off. And then it ended the session. Um, but <laughs> I grew up playing board games um, and video games alike. But mm. my dad, in order to get us away from the screens for a bit, would have like 
hey, it's Thursday night. Let's uh, pop out a board game or a card game and let's play it. And especially like, you know, like Clue, Monopoly, like your old mm-hmm. school ones. Um, yep. Played a lot of those. And to this day, I still, I collect, I may not say collect because collectors would get upset by my lack of collection, but <laughs> I like Monopoly games, like mm. different versions of them. So I have like, three different Star Wars versions. I have two different Pokemon versions. I have a Disney version, the World of Warcraft Monopoly. Uh, I think I have like nine or ten different Monopoly games. So, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I I didn't want to say anything. I I was just looking behind me because that's where all our board games are and I, we don't own one single uh, version of Mon- Monopoly just <laughs> want to put that out there I, I love playing Monopoly and I love playing games like uh, what is it the game of life playing that you know that big decision that you make before you go to the crossroads of do I go career or go to college is <laughs> still as relevant today as it was then uh, <laughs> how many kids do you have in the car how much money do you make I don't play that game with Selena because she stole my job and my money when we played. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like a doctor or something, and she took it and made me an artist, which I don't like. I made 35000 a year compared to the 100 and some thousand that I had before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like early memories are those Monopoly, Clue, uh, very early would be Shoots and Ladders, and uh, Candyland. I don't know if you guys played those over there. Or if those are more mm. of like an American thing. Which one, sorry? Like Shoots and Ladders and uh, Candyland. Um, not by the names, but I mean, maybe... Um, maybe I know them by the Danish, Danish translation. Um, so essentially, <laughs> like, I'll go with... Uh, I think Candyland was the board... The board game was... It was a candy world type deal. And Mm. your character, you would draw a card and the card would have um, like a color square. And what you would do is you would move your character to the next version of that color square. So you do that. And if you draw certain things, certain things would happen like, oh, you got trapped by the gum gum drop or something. And you'd fall back (laughs) a certain amount of spaces or something like that. And it was a pretty basic like linear path. And there were maybe ladders or something that shoots ladders. Um, There were little paths that you if you landed on the spot, you'd like zoom up on the track a little bit more. So, you know, that basic adventure for kids Mm. where they kind of go through. Um, Yeah. Now, one thing also that I really enjoyed was memorization games. I don't know if you've ever played a lot of those, but the games like Perfection, I don't know if you guys had that one. Uh, Explain it to me, then I will... will... Okay, Perfection was a timer-based game, and it was either... You could play it with multiple people, but we used to try to see how far one person could go. You Mm. would push the middle of the game down, there'd be a bunch of little pieces, and they'd all be shapes. And the idea was you'd set the timer for like a minute or two minutes and you would have to try to grab as many pieces as you could and put them back in their spot before perfection popped. It was like Mm. in the commercial, like pop goes perfection. And like (laughs) all of your pieces would go flying out after you put them in. And it was just a fun little like, okay, where does this go? Like pick the the slot out of all the slots that you see and try Mm. to remember where they all are. And games like that and Simon... Uh, Simon is a classic memorization color based game. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Let's, um, I, I, go hmm? ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I was just thinking about, I just started thinking about something that, that, you know, uh, we've been playing a lot it's not it's not necessarily a board game per se but it's really uh, because there's no board so mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it's just a fun game if, if you are a few different people and you can play it in teams as well well I think you do play it in teams actually um, but it, uh, it's called Hat Hat um, basically what you do is that everyone gets like, I don't know, uh, five, six pieces of paper, and then they, they write down well-known people. Mm-hmm. So it could be Santa Claus, it could be like Mickey Mouse, stuff like that. And then you, you put all those names in a hat, um, and then uh, you 
you have yeah you actually do play by teams um so one of your team members pick a name from the hat only they can see it and then they need to uh, the first round that's three rounds in total first round they just need to say words that is not the the, uh, the person mm-hmm. uh, and then your team has to guess what it is oh, when the time okay, runs okay. yeah when the time runs out and you haven't guessed it it goes back into the hat uh, and then obviously the other team if they pull that they have you know already oh, have all this extra information and stuff uh, and if you do guess it then you get the point uh, and then you do that until the hat, hat is empty and then you put all the names back into the hat round two starts now you can only now you pick it and you can only say one word Ooh. So you have to remember mm-hmm. um, what was there and what words was used, and then the the last round you have to mime it. Oh, ugh. Yeah, I uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it it's so much fun because you have to be you have you have to remember what is there. You need to be creative and uh, stuff like that. So so really good fun. I can totally recommend it. It was just something that popped into my mind now that that we talked about mm-hmm. uh, board games and games outside of of uh, the computer. Now, if you like. A game like that. Um, mm. Have you ever played Taboo? Mm. I know the name. I'm not sure if I've played it. So Taboo is kind of like the same idea. It's uh, I don't know if it's on the computer. It's a, I've only played it physical version. But mm. you'll draw a card. And on that card will have something. And just like you had to do with the other game. You're trying to describe it to your team. And they're trying to guess what it is. Without you saying the word. And you're trying to go through as many as you can within the timer. And the team that gets the most right during the both of their rounds, they win that round. Then you go back and you Mm. do uh, more cards like that. And this covers not just like famous people, but certain things. Like it could be something like. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I think I've I've, I've seen it on um, one of the the uh, what's it, Jimmy Fallon, the mm, Jimmy probably, Fallon show. I think probably, probably. Yeah, I think that they played uh, Celebrity Taboo at some point. So, yeah, it's a fun uh, it's a fun thing uh, with a group of people, especially if you've had some drinks and you're trying to figure out what the heck they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you have any like specific memories that like? stick out whether they be recent or older like about maybe like a specific game that you played and there was like a moment that was like oh my god that was so cool yeah i don't really i don't think i have anything from growing up that that springs to mind but but i stuff that i has been more recently uh has actually been that that i've never I mean, as I said, as growing up, obviously we did have board games, but it's not been something that we've, we've done a lot of. Uh, um, and it's the same thing comes to when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. It's actually not something that I've really done until I've, I've been, since I grew up, mm-hmm. uh, grown ass man playing Dungeons and Dragons for for his first time. Actually, what I started out with was was a, a one called Werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really good fun. It's set in a, in a, in a world, and, and you are a werewolf. And and what's different from from this uh, compared to to Dungeon and Dragons is that your character can actually you, you can switch into various different forms of a werewolf. Um, which is, and and I think you can also, if I remember correctly, you can switch from real world into like a, a, a another layer of of the world or something like that, depending on obviously if if, if your dice roll allows it or you know it can also be that your your um, dungeon master don't want you to do that right now mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but no i just remember i just had this um, really really fun thing happen where we got uh, assaulted by i don't even remember what kind of creatures it was but they were invisible and they, they manifested in front of us and i got stabbed through the shoulder uh, with a sword um, or my character, not me, but my character did, uh, and the sword was stuck in my shoulder. Um, so I was like, "Hey," um, when it were my turn, I was like, "Hey, um, I have this sword in my shoulder. Can I just run, you know, backwards into one of the one of the enemies and mm-hmm. stab him?" <laughs> <laughs> and the dungeon master allowed it and told me to roll for it. Nice. And it, it actually succeeded. <laughs> so I ran into. Uh, this enemy and stabbed him as well and then ended up with both falling over and he fell on top of me and yeah i, I was in trouble again so <laughs> it's it, it sort of backfired but uh but yeah it's just something in recent memory that I, it's just so just i can imagine how it, it 
goes and uh, inside of my mind, I can imagine that scenario playing through, and it's just it's it's just so stupid and hilarious at the same yeah. time. Yeah, um, I did a what is it when I worked at the summer camp, not this last summer, but the summer previous. What I did mm. was a Dungeons and Dragons esque adventure with the kids that I worked with, but mm. instead they were like a collective mind. That were there, maybe there were two characters or something like that. And I would have like half of the group on one side, and they were like the wizard guy, and the other group was like the fighter guy. And mm. it was like a Cthulhu based thing. And mm. they were coming through, and it was like Cthulhu mixed with fantasy. And I would tell them the world, what they saw in a room, like what they were doing. And I'd tell, ask them what they were, what did you want to do? And the kids really, really enjoyed it. And it was an adventure that spanned the week because I had them for one week. So each day they'd get another part of the adventure that would pick up from Mm -hmm. where they left off. So they really enjoyed stuff like that. But for me, there was, it's not as intimate as like the experience that you can get from Dungeons and Dragons or like the werewolf game that you're talking about. But Mm. there's a game called axes and allies, which comes in this huge box. Like the box is absolutely huge. And it's not just like a long thin box. Like it's a thick box. That's also long and it comes with so many pieces. And I remember my dad always wanted to, he was waiting for me to get to the point where I could like, mentally be able to understand it and handle it and play it with him and essentially Mm. what it was was it was world war ii in board game form where one person takes on the role of the axes and one person takes on the role of the allies and you're trying to dominate the world or i think it was it might have just been europe or something like that and i just remember like the process of setting up the game and putting all of your troops everywhere it was absolutely ridiculous the amount of pieces that I saw and that was probably my first jump into like board games are not just draw a card or roll the dice and move forward this amount of spaces like Mm. I had played Risk before but Risk is fairly basic compared to this like it's it's absolutely wild the amount of rules and things that can be included in a board game yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of a lot of rules, there's actually a Danish board game that is now, well, it's known all over the world now, um, but it was a Dane who created it called Twilight Imperium, mm-hmm. which is basically space risk and other kind of board games. Uh, it's really, really, really complex and it requires you to play it through at least once to get it. But once you get it, it's so much fun. And it is basically that you, you, create your fleet of, of spaceships and and you know you, you need to take over the galaxy and and it has so many pieces and it's <laughs> when you look at it you're like how the hell am i supposed to to get to wrap my head around all these things but it's really really good fun and i think after one playthrough we, we got it we were like oh this this is cool let's do another one and 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 um but it can take quite a quite a while because mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know you can make alliances with other people and stuff like that you can also break them again and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on and and uh, uh, diplomacy and I, I, it's probably more like actually more a, a bit more like civilization but in space oh, cool. actually i think but definitely something worth worth checking out if, if you like board games and if, if you like the the whole strategic aspect of it um so yeah really good fun but it's huge yeah that kind of leads me into the discussion uh, about modern day uh, mm. what are we playing these days because somehow like I'm not playing Candyland anymore, or um, you, like you, 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 you moved away from Candyland. You moved into playing on your phone. You're playing Candy Crush now. <laughs> uh, uh, I've gone from not playing Candy Crush to playing Candy Crush and not playing <laughs> it, and gone back again. Um, but yeah, so at a certain age, I kind of stopped playing board games for a while, except for like the occasional Monopoly, maybe some card games here or there, and then fairly recently, like within I'd say like the last six years or so, that's when mm-hmm. I've really kind of started like building up my own 
board game collection. And unfortunately, yeah. I have so many board games that I have never even played simply because I just don't have like the group to play with. Mm. And we've talked about Tabletop Simulator and sometimes these games don't translate well to Tabletop Simulator or people just haven't created it yet cuz I have I have like Disney's uh Villainous, the Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Uh I do have a game called Eldritch Horror which I've really wanted to play for like the longest time. And mm. it's just like the setup process for it is lengthy. The rules <laughs> are a little bit uh, complex, so it takes a bit of time to explain it. And I know like with our group that we play games with um, online, it would just be too long. Because mm. everybody, I think we try to keep it to like a two hour minimum. And sometimes, as you know, like if you try to play like a really good board game like it's in depth and it has a lot of stuff like you could be there for three four hours easily oh yes oh yes don't start Twilight Imperium if you don't have time <laughs> uh, that goes for Eldritch Horror as well the setup can be quite lengthy depending on your uh, experience with the game but mm. I just have so many games that I want to play but I just don't have the group and I really wish that I had the group to play it with Ah. <laughs> oh. I'm yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think we have the, the 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 same issue over here where at, um, my girlfriend and us and I um, we like playing board games as well, but we don't really have uh, the people to play with play it with either unless we do it online with, with you guys. So I'm in the same I'm on the same board, so to say, <laughs> um, in the same boat. Um, but actually, on a newer game because I think. Just like you, board games is, is something that I jumped back into like a few, again, a few years ago. So it's all still new to me. So a game that kind of surprised me that's really good fun, but it's not normally, you know, board games, it, it's um, everyone against everyone who wins uh, or it's a team based or something like that. So actually playing a board game where it's co-op instead, that was kind of refreshing to me because, you know, in my mind, board games, you need to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah over the other players uh but this game is called uh, pandemic uh where I've basically heard of it. I've heard of it. yeah and it, it's apparently really you know it, it it's you know looking at, at the world today maybe more people should, should have played it's a little it. bit on the nose uh, it's no. <laughs> called pandemic you need to cure the world um and you have different roles so so you basically draw a role that can do different things and and you need to find a cure before um the, the pandemic happens and everyone gets uh, uh, sick now that's uh, I think it's also online. I think there's an online version of that. Most likely, yeah. I haven't tried the online version, um, but uh, it's one of those games where you, you don't need too many people, so we can actually play it uh, at at home. Um, so yeah, and we played it with with Tom mm-hmm. uh, from Three Extra Lives and and his girlfriend Amanda from Key Caring. So when we visiting that, it was actually them who introduced us to it. Um, so now, but now we have our own version because it's it's a really fun game. Um, yes, and. We could probably continue talking about like our favorite board games or games we want to play for a very long time, but we are running out of time. But before we go, I do want to direct people to there are board games online that you can play. Um, mm. If you go to if you go to Steam, there are a bunch of different games that you could play. One, some of them are classic games that just kind of have been ported into a virtual format. Games like uh, Ticket to Ride is on there. But there are also like homemade or not rather homemade, but made specifically for uh, for online. Like I think there's one called uh, what is it? It's like Goblins Inc. or something like that. Hmm. Uh, ugh, I have it somewhere in my... Gremlin. Gremlins, Inc, Gremlins right? yes, Gremlins oh. Inc. Yes, um, I played that, and there's a lot to it, and it's a lot of fun to play. And you can play it with people, or you can play it against the AI, and it's actually still fun playing it with the AI. Ticket to Ride is not so much fun playing with the AI as it is with people, but it is fast. So mm. uh, look at Steam. There's a bunch of different things, like along the lines of the pandemic thing that you mentioned. There's like Plague Inc which is a game kind of like the same idea. Um, mm. there's, there's just so 
so many things. You mentioned a game like Civilization. Civilization is essentially a very involved board game, just yeah. in virtual format. Yeah, and I mean, if you're just into you know uh, board games in general, Tabletop Simulator. It's really recommendable, but it does require you to know the rules and setups and stuff like that because it is basically it, it's it's a simulator. So people add, create, uh, when they create the games, and technically what they do is they only make the cards, the dices, and whatever f- miniatures and stuff, the board, whatever you need. You still need to be able to to know the rules and, and yeah. yourself and, and play it. But some games there is like scripted versions that will help you with it. But overall, you do need to to know the rules themselves. But it is really good in most cases, especially if you have, you know, online friends. It's perfectly as well for for these Corona times uh, when you can't get fifty people in one room and stuff like <laughs> that. So, uh, so yeah. And I would suggest possibly looking around, uh, find some forums, look to see if there are groups of people playing games. Like there might be a group out there that you're looking for, and we just didn't know about it. So do some research. Maybe you'll find a group. Um, if you're really interested in it, hit us up. Let us know uh, a little bit about your history with board games. Maybe you want to try to play some board games with us at some point. Feel free to let us know. You can do so by emailing the show at two nerds, maybe more at gmail.com. You can do so also at Twitter at two nerds, maybe more with the number two in front. You can also check out the website, two nerds, maybe more.com, which has this episode as well as all of our previous episodes over there and i think with that um, you got anything else to say marty welcome back thank you it's uh it's amazing how we can stretch one topic uh, <laughs> uh we even ran out of time i'm pretty sure that it was a good thing that i didn't have another topic for you probably yes because then it would have just we would have half half given like all of our energy to board games and then cut it off short and not been able to kind of talk a little bit more about it so all right i think with that we're gonna head out of here good with that marty good with that i'm i'm fine with that i'm fine all right thank you to everybody who came by if i sound a little bit out of shape because i don't know how to end or start a show it's because i haven't done it in two weeks so until then until next week or next time we'll catch you later bye bye Time to go kill some goblins. No, gremlins. Gremlins. (laughs) This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.